With no sign of Praveen anywhere and no communication with him, his family didn't know what to do. According to police records and the missing persons report, Praveen was listed as 5 feet 7 inches tall, weighed 150 pounds, with short brown hair and brown eyes. He was unshaven when last seen and he was wearing a red shirt with dark blue jeans and purple shoes. He had a tattoo on his chest that said, Fear God. When the police called us and said Praveen was missing, we started calling his phone and when he did not answer, I knew something was wrong. Because knowing Praveen, even if he doesn't answer the phone, I just have to leave like a message that is my and a little bit angry, he would call right back. I called Ash and he was like, don't freak out, but we can't find Praveen. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like he has, it was like, my heart just fell to my stomach. He's just somewhere we just have to find him. You're listening to Speaking of Crime with your hosts, Gia and John. Could it be that Praveen asked someone else for a ride home? Never, never. That's that's the thing. And, you know, it, every time he said that, I'm like, no, my boy is never going to ask you for a ride. You know, he was walking. He walked everywhere. The gym was from the from where he was staying. It probably was like, you know, the, it's a big college campus. He would walk there and he never took his car to the gym. He makes fun of his cousins who drives to the gym. They're like, you are, you are trying to exercise and you drive to the gym, you know, like that's, that's the way he was. When the police called us and said Praveen was missing, we started calling his phone. And when he did not answer, I knew something was wrong. Because knowing Praveen, even if he doesn't answer the phone, I just have to leave like a message that is my, and a little bit angry, he would call right back. We spoke to Praveen's older sister, Priya. She lost her brother, her best friend since she was only a year old, the closest person to her. The two of them had an extremely special bond growing up so close in age. So we grew up really close to each other. We were a year and a half apart. So I always tell people, like, I don't remember what it was like being just me, like, from, like, my earliest memories. Like, Praveen was always there by my side. Um, we fought a lot as siblings. I think most siblings do. There's such a close age difference. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I think having a sibling that close one age also teaches you a lot about yourself and like sharing and like you know being considerate of others and things like that um and then when we went to college he he was always like the social butterfly so he would always be the one you know texting everyone make sure, making sure everyone was okay and yada 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 um so he was always just i would say like he was like the annoying older brother for Preeti. like he would always like mess with her and just like troll on her um, in a lot of ways but then he'd also protect her like if someone was bothering her he'd you know he'd go deal with it <laughs> things like that um, would always just find a way to like keep everyone laughing just like the family um, goofball I guess 
Like, even if you listen to his voicemail now, it's like, hello. And then you think he's going to talk. And then, you know, and it's like, you look like an, oh, an idiot because you just start talking to him. Because I remember I called him and then I just started talking. And then I mean, it's like 20 seconds later, it's like, oh, leave a voicemail, like, for this number. And I'm like, dang. And it was the worst when he was missing because it's like, you're calling, calling, calling. And then it's like, you hear, so I got so, because I forgot that was his voicemail when my cousin told me he was missing. I called him and then he answered and I was like, oh, he's okay. And then I was like, dang it, that's his voicemail. Like, and then I was just like, oh. When was the last time you spoke to Praveen? A week or two before he went missing. He actually saw, I saw him that last weekend in January. He came to St. Louis for like a birthday, like a friend's birthday party. So I saw him then. And then I think I talked to him once he got like that last, the week before, I think. And it was weird because that morning that I got the call, I was thinking, oh, I haven't talked to Praveen in a while. Like, I'm, he's probably going to call me soon because he was all, I'm always called. So I just kind of like got spoiled and I like, and now I'm like, I always kick myself. I'm like, I wish I just called him that day, you know, and it's just... You know, one of those things you always regret. The night Praveen went missing, Priya was in St. Louis, also attending college. It was a typical day for her, too, until she got that dreaded phone call from her cousin, Ashley. So I still remember I was in college and I was walking to the library. I think it was like 10 o'clock at night. I came to my apartment, grabbed some food, and I was heading back. And I... I checked my phone. I didn't have my phone on me while I was at the apartment. And I had like missed calls from him. And then one, one of Praveen's friends, um, Sean. And it was weird because I don't talk to them like that. And so I called my I called Ash and he was like, don't freak out, but we can't find Praveen. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like he has to, it was like, my heart just fell to my stomach. I just, I was like, what do you mean? And I think I was just trying to think like, okay, maybe he just went somewhere. And like, he's like, no, he's, we haven't been able to find him since yesterday. And I was like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? I just, it just wasn't like him. And I think that's what everyone's thought was because it's just been that long and it's just, okay, well, what happened to him? We have to find him. went back to the library and one of my and I was just freaking out and of course my phone is dead like it's not charging so I'm like freaking out trying, and I can't call anyone because my phone is out of charge and one of my friends knew something was wrong and he's like and I had an exam the next day and I was just I'm, I'm like the nerdy oldest child that like school's like was everything at that point in my life so I'm like oh my god I'm gonna like I was like I don't know like how to get out of this test and I don't know he just like called my professor and she was like go like you're fine like don't worry about that so I'm back and then my roommates at the time who also like um my good friends they like they one of them had a car and she drove us to Carbondale and um talking to Ashley we're like what can we do it's like I think at that point I was like 2 a.m and then my parents came at four in the morning and with my uncle and Preeti was there too and then we went to the Carbondale police station and they told us there was nothing they can do because it was 4 a.m <clears throat> went back at eight and then they said they were um they're like oh it could be like a like a runaway student I'm like how would he go anywhere he just has his cars in the parking lot and um they're like oh like college kids do this they like go away for like a couple days and come back and I think that was just like frustrating because it's like we know Praveen and it's like he was not like he's a social butterfly he's very extroverted he likes being around people and or like, he wouldn't just 
go away to be alone. Like if he was going to come anywhere, he would have came to St. Louis, which is an hour from where, like an hour and a half from where I was in school. So I'm like, if he wanted to get away, he would have came there. Like, and like he has come to like St. Louis for like a weekend or two just to like hang out with, you know, like me and stuff and just like um, hang out with like some of our other friends were there too. So he would just like hang out with them. But it's like he told people like where he was going. He wasn't just like one to just vanish like that. And then we couldn't get into his room in the beginning because um, the landlord said that was an invasion of property. So we had to wait for the police to go in and open his room. And they're like, nothing was out of order. It was just how it was the day before. And it was, okay, well, what do we do to find him? And I just, I don't know. I remember I created like a Facebook page saying like, remains missing. And then people are just calling and, um, and it's hard because it's like, there's no, like I didn't, I've never even talked to a police officer until this happened, right? So I'm just like, well, what do we, like, what's the process for this? I have no idea how to proceed forward. So I was just thinking, I'm like, okay, let's just make flyers. Let's just go give them out to people. So like my cousins came and like we had people from our church come down to Carbondale. Um, I think by that afternoon or by Saturday morning, they were all there. And we just um, started making flyers, handing it out. We went to like, me and Ash went to like the apartment they were at and like talked to people and I remember this one guy was like oh yeah I remember seeing him and I was like okay did you see where he went and he's like no I didn't know and it's just like your heart just thinks every time you like you get so excited thinking okay like someone's seen him and then it's like oh I don't know what happened to him and I think that's where it just got frustrating and um I still remember like the detective gave me a cell phone number and I was like texting him if he heard anything or if I like heard anything I would just like text him or call him and say like, what's going on, what's going on? And I think that was just, I'm like, I've never like done this before. It was just, I was 20, 2021 at the time this happened. So I feel like, you know, I just felt like I was, I just grew up so fast because my whole life I was just, shell I was super, we grew up so, like I was just very sheltered and just, you know, I never dealt with any of this, you know, and um, now looking back, it's like I didn't realize how much I had handed to me. Like at the time, like my parents worked so hard and gave me everything, you know, I needed or I wanted. So I never had to deal with anything really like on my own or anything like that. Um, yeah. And then I, like as the days went forward, it was just, I think it just got more and more frustrating because I think I was worried like someone had him because there was like some rumors saying like, oh, someone took him and that guy drove to Tennessee and then where the hell are we going to find him in Tennessee? Like, I don't know. Like, um, it was just so frustrating because it's like they thought for the longest time, they thought this one guy was involved. And then it turns out that was like a false lead. So then you're like focusing on that. And then, um, they did like the dogs, like the cadaver dogs or whatever they, um, or trailing and they stopped at like a bridge so I'm like oh my gosh did he like fall into like this water like is he in here like we don't know and it's just you hear so many different things and then of course everyone has like an opinion and it just gets so frustrating right and it's just you, your focus is just to find like my focus I was like I just want to know where he is and I don't think I even consider him being like deceased at that point I think I was like okay like someone has him I was trying to think positive I was like oh like he's he's alive he's just he's just somewhere we just have to find him meanwhile after that grueling six-hour drive lovely and Matthew finally arrived in Carbondale 
and headed straight to Praveen's house. We got to Carbondale. We went to his uh, townhouse. They were they were in a townhouse, and by then Priya's friends brought her over, so she was there. Uh, so Praveen's cousin Ashley was there. He was like, he he was just like a basket case, and then the, his other roommate was there. Um, we took Ashley and we went to the police station, like four o'clock in the morning. Uh, we got there and then the police said uh, they can't do anything until seven. That's when the detectives come in. So they said, um, you know, take up a, a hotel room, fresh up, and then come back at seven o'clock. So we went and took a, um, a hotel room. We stayed there and. 6.45 or so, we came back to the police station. And uh, <clears throat> that's when the detectives came in. They started to talk to us. And um, they, that's when, you know, like they were, they were under the impression that he just went somewhere and he'll come back, you know. And they kept on saying that oh, all college kids do this. Uh, he's gone for a few days, he'll come back. And I said, there's no way Praveen would do this. He knows if he doesn't contact us, we would be here in six hours. He would never dare do anything like that, you know, without, he, he's not just going to take off. Um, so then they took the report. They said they wanted to come and um, search his um, room. His room was locked. So they got the key from the apartment manager, I believe they came and they wouldn't let us come up. They, they told us to stay in the living room. And when the uh, police went up, I said, can I see Praveen's room? Um, and he said, um, uh, you know, you can't come in, you just stay outside. So he let me stay, stand out by the door and I, I'm like, this is typical Praveen's room, you know, the sheets pulled out, clothes all over the floor, you know, the drawers opened up and all that. So they took uh, uh, his laptop from the room. They asked us for his bank account, um, but he did not withdraw any money. Uh, he wanted us to give them the telephone um, access uh, so we gave them that. They took the tele. I mean the telephone. No, they uh, the computer. They took his computer, um, and they they locked the room and they left. And they said they have to do uh, interview the students that were at the party, and uh, they have to get some lead. They have to find out what really happened. And they said they, you know, they will have some helicopters uh, come in and look around, um, and they'll have a meeting with us in the evening to let us know what's going on. Um, so then, we just stayed in his um, townhouse the whole day. By then, um, like my, the family started to come in. You know, they uh, once they knew the heard the news. So in the evening, we went to meet with them again, and they said they have no lead, um, and the investigation will have to continue the next day. So um, that's that's where we were. And in the evening, we actually heard uh, a helicopter go around. 
nothing. They couldn't find anything. Lovely and her family checked into a hotel nearby, right off Route 13. Between February 14th and the 17th, family, friends, and their entire community showed up in support of the Varghese family. More than 200 people were now in Carbondale. They had booked up all the hotels in the area, and they were there to help Lovely and Matthew in any way they could. Then more than like 200 people showed up from Chicago and St. Louis, Detroit, and all it from our community. People started to go around. They made flyers. They went to the police asking if they needed help, and they said they don't. So they were doing their own, you know. So the police had brought um, uh, the dogs for search that day, but it did not get anywhere. The dogs went by a, a few blocks from the party by a um, by a crease, and they stopped. They didn't. They couldn't go anywhere else. Um, so that evening, they told us that Saturday evening, uh, they told us they don't have any lead. And Sunday, there will be no search because they don't have enough staff to do the, the search. And that's when one of the police officers asked me when we were going back to Chicago. And I said, we are not going back until we find Praveen, you know. and. Um, and then he said they gave his name into the national database uh, for missing people. Um, if they don't have any lead, they will have to call off the search on Monday. And um, so that's when I told him, you know, I'm willing to accept the worst, but you have to find him. I said, I don't want to. You know, you when you drive around uh, with the waiting areas and all that on the expressway, you see all these pictures, they are missing. You know, like I said, I don't want to see my son's picture there. Um, you need to you need to find him. And I said, we are not going back to Chicago until we find him. So Sunday, they did not do anything, no search at all from the police side. But um, our people were there. They were. The, all the hotel rooms in Carbondale was filled. There was no room left. You know, people were like really going around. And and then Monday uh, morning, since they said they were going to call off the search, one of our community leaders here had reached out to the Lieutenant Governor of Illinois, she, Sheila Simon. She is from Carbondale. So she he reached out to her she had called the Carbondale police and she said, continue the search, don't call off. By February 16th, the family had put out a reward for anyone who could provide information leading to the recovery of their son. Initially, the reward was $5,000, but very quickly that amount increased to $15,000 after donations poured in to add to the reward. Praveen's family was pleading with the public and asking anyone with information to call police immediately. 
Praveen's sister, Priya, spoke to news outlets at the time and said this, We just want him home. We are offering $15,000 for information leading to his recovery. On Sunday, actually, we had offered uh, reward money. Um, we started with 5000 and then people started to donate and it, it the money went up, you know, to 15000 And uh, one of um, our community leaders called me and said, you know, once if, if somebody has Praveen, if they see the money go up, they might they might not release him. So just stop it, you know. So we stopped at 15,000. And then the media asked us whether we are willing to talk to them. And I said, yes. So we talked to the media on Sunday, pleading for help. Monday, when we met with the police, they were so upset that we talked to the media. They said, you should not have done that you are ruining the investigation. And I said, we had no other way of letting this information out. And I said, we did not say anything bad about you. I said, we, we told them that you are doing a good job, you know, and uh, they said, you cannot talk to the media by yourself. You have to have the college pre the spokesperson present before you speak to the media. Praveen was last seen in the 600 block of West College Street at 11 p.m., near where the party took place, so law enforcement set out to search that area. They searched using cadaver dogs and by air covering much of the city, including the Southern Illinois University campus. Sergeant Rich Brunner said his department was coordinating efforts with the SIU Police Department. He was quoted as saying, we are still working on it and keeping in touch with the family. However, he would not confirm whether any of Praveen's credit cards had been used since he went missing. Praveen's car was still parked at his home at the University Village townhome apartments, and police would not comment on any possible leads. The little information the police and Praveen's family did have was the 12.30 a.m. phone call Praveen made to Anita. Could that call be traced to locate Praveen's phone and in turn his whereabouts? Praveen's last phone call was not traced. We were told that there was only one tower here and could not track the location of his last phone call. An FBI officer who is familiar with this area told us that Praveen's phone could have been tracked. He said, there is a difference between cannot and will not. If we cannot track a phone at this day and age in this country, you have a problem, and that needs to be addressed by the city. Kyle was still at the party when Praveen left, so we asked him if Praveen said anything before he took off. Yeah, I was still at the party when he left. Um, I didn't even know he left when he did, but I was still there. Um, and then, yeah, because Ash left to go to work at the bar he worked at. And then I, me and some of our other friends went to that same bar probably 30 to 40 minutes maybe, probably after Praveen had left the party. So he didn't say bye to you or say anything to you when he left? He didn't, um, which I know people might think it's weird, but to us it's not because that he always did that. Like when we went out, he was just known to like, just like leave and not tell anyone and he would just he would just like 
walk, get food, and go back to his apartment and like FaceTime his friends from back home and stuff. Like he liked going out, but he'd like go out for a little bit and then he was like over and he'd just leave and go home. Um, so he do he did that all the time. So that's why like it wasn't weird. Like it wasn't out of the ordinary. Like we just, you know, I texted and called them like walking to the bar, like, you know, see if he's coming or where he's at. But um yeah, for him not to say bye, like it really wasn't wasn't weird to us because it, it happened a lot. And also like, you know, going out and like a college party and stuff, like a lot of times you go out, like people get separated, you know, this person ends up here, this person goes there. It just, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't bizarre to us or anything. Did Praveen try calling anyone other than Anita after leaving the party? No, not 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 us, but he did um, talk to one of our friends in Chicago. Her name's Anita. Um, that was the girl that um, she said he called her and um, they talked like she heard him saying stuff on the phone and then like um, she hung up and uh, that's all she, like, she like made of that. So that like she was the only one. Even though Praveen sent a tweet at 11.17 p.m. on Wednesday night and then made a call to Anita in the very early hours of Thursday morning around 12.30 a.m., police say that by Thursday afternoon the phone signal could not be located. Why that is, we don't know. Rightfully so, Praveen's family was getting frustrated with the limited information they were being given and the lack of possible witnesses. At the time, Priya stated this to news outlets. No one is saying anything. No one knows for sure exactly what happened. He just didn't come home that night. Family and friends all continued to pass out flyers. They shared the reward information and continued to speak to the media in hopes that their efforts would lead to Praveen safely returning home. A vigil was planned for Monday, February 17th, with candles being lit at 9 p.m. in front of Maysmith Hall on the SIU campus. Praveen's friends were hoping to get the word out to more people to spread awareness and show support to Praveen's family. Praveen's friend Rachel said that the vigil was not to memorialize her friend. She was quoted as saying, This is not meant to be a goodbye. This is meant to bring us hope. Lovely wanted answers, and she was going to get them. She knew her son well and knew he wouldn't have been in a fight. He was always smiling, his friends had nothing but love for him, and he was always making people laugh. None of this was making sense. After the vigil, Praveen's psychology professor, she she's Indian, and she came to me and she said, um, have you gone to the house Praveen was, was? And I said, no. And she's like, do you want to go and talk to those kids if they know something? Because, you know, there was a tweet that Praveen sent out, bloody knuckles, um, guess I was in a fight. That thing was everywhere. So everyone thought Praveen was in a fight. Um, so she said, why don't we go and ask those kids there if there was a fight? You know, so we went. And the kids were nice. Um, 
it was really like you know <laughs> i have never been to a college dorm like that there were alcohol bottles all over i freaked out <laughs> yeah and i thought oh my god this is the house praveen was in <laughs> you know i was so scared but then the kids were like um yeah he was fine you know like and i said was there a fight and he said no there was no fight and he showed me he took me into the kitchen and the window in the kitchen was broken and it was propped up with a beer bottle praveen pulled that and the window fell on his hand and he got a cut so praveen went and wiped that blood on one of his friends rachel and and she said get out of here don't wipe that on me you know so all this and then praveen knowing praveen if he see an i that's what i told robinson i said if he see an ant he will say i saw an elephant you know he exaggerates everything so as soon as this kids told me that i'm like oh my god that's typical praveen you know um um bloody knuckles guess i was in a fight <laughs> so that tweet misled everybody so i that was kind of a relief for me that he was not in a fight so we asked them was there anything suspicious that day and uh, that guy in the house the owner of the um, apartment the, the house he said he did not see anything he did not see him drink you know he's like i never saw him before because he was praveen was not a friend to that uh, house he was uh, somebody's friend that had a birthday party so he was a friend of a friend that's how they all went to that party so we left that was monday the very next day lovely Matthew, Priya, Preeti, and all their family and friends got the news that they had been praying would not be true. And then Tuesday morning, February 18th, um morning, the college dean comes into our hotel room like in the morning 8:00 and she said the police had a lead. They are following up on the lead and she said don't be worried if you hear helicopters. So she was sitting there she took her jacket off she started talking and uh, um she wasn't leaving you know and she she was like oh tell me more about Praveen how was she see all this time the college never put out an email that there was a student missing the college was not a part of any of this um but the dean came up couple times you know and um so after maybe like in an hour she got a phone call so she she goes downstairs and she comes up with this deputy police chief as soon as i saw her at the end of the hallway with the police something in me is telling me something happened so when he approached i moved in front and i said um do you know anything sir and he said yes and i said did you find him and he said yes um i said is he alive and he said unfortunately no
my brother-in-law asked him where'd you find him um, so he took him he took my brother-in-law at the end of the other hallway of the same corridor and he said uh, he pointed to the woods and he said uh, 400 500 yards from here deep into the woods mm-hmm.